Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. <laughs> and I'm Aaron. No dramatic pause this week, folks. No dramatic pause. <laughs> Aaron, this week on Amigos, it's public domainia. <laughs> Part seventeen. Uh, this is this is this is Star Trek: The Game, and this is Mister Men Olympics. Aaron, have you ever had occasion in your life to exclaim, "It's a man, baby"? No, I've never had that. I've never had that. Have you? <laughs> yes. You have, yes. I got to hear this. Well, you know, Aaron, I used to live in Thailand. And, uh, oh, boy, I don't like where this is going already. When when you travel the streets of Bangkok at night, you know what they say about one night in Bangkok? Yeah, I've uh, heard that. I've you, read that tune. You know, and the, the difference is, is that I was walking down the street with my girlfriend at the time, now wife, and we were just looking at the looking at the chicks, and uh, and Eep was like, nope, definitely not a chick. It's a man, baby. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, so, uh, uh, you've got to give... You've got to give the cosmetic arts credit. Yes, and and also the people that uh, that want to go that route uh, the, for their ability to hang in there uh, to get it done. Yeah. Because it is, to, you know, uh, if you've ever read Immortality Incorporated, uh, which is a great science fiction book, but they he talks about in the future uh, the sexes will really no longer matter, and and uh, there's sort of an, a weird. Uh, kind of a draw, just melting pot of everything. You can almost see where we're heading that direction. This book was written way back in like the 40s or 50s, you know, but you're going to give the guy credit. He saw something coming. Uh, But yeah, you know, hey, uh, you got to, I've been impressed by uh, the ability to turn one sex to the other and vice versa. If that's your cup of tea, you're living in the right time period. That's for sure. Absolutely. I'll tell you what else you're living in the right time period for. Hot, hot action on everythingamiga.com, Aaron. That's the truth, Boat. You got that right, my friend. Uh, this has been a good week for uh, for hot action on everythingamiga.com. Really thanks to our good buddy, Graham W. Vebke, mm. uh, who's been a longtime friend of the show. I want to start off with the first article he wrote here, uh, which is on Rygar. Now, uh, I didn't know this. I mean, I knew he liked it, but uh, Graham in this article talks that this is his favorite arcade game. Buddy. I was shocked by that. I didn't realize that Rygar engendered any 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 love of, of great import from anyone. So I'm glad yeah. that Graham, Graham must have been having a field day when this thing appeared on the Amiga last year. Well, you, I'll tell you one thing. If you doubt his word, read his article. Because he goes to work on some Rygar here and lays it all out. Mm. Not only does he go through every conceivable part of Rygar in terms of scoring and icons, he then goes into the enemies. He also goes into the different versions, sort of comparing them. What's different between the arcade version and the and the various home versions? 
It is. I couldn't believe this. This was a heck of an article from. Well, Graham. you know, they, they almost got Samuel L. Jackson to play the title character in the film version of this. Of course, it was it was about it was about fifteen years ago, coming off the you know his his last film, and they were going to call it Glaive on a Chain. Glaive on a Chain. Well, listen, I know a lot of people like Rygar, but don't think for a minute that this is the same ballpark as Crawl, because it ain't. The glaive would crush this weapon. That's a proper weapon. No strings attached. If you know what I mean. But the uh, I will say the uh, the the giant killer yo-yo in this is an unusual weapon. Let's put it this way. <laughs> I've always found this game really really hard. Yeah, me too. Uh, and, me and, too. And if you if you're good at it, you're probably a pretty good player in general. But anyway, this is a really good in-depth article. I mean, look at this. I didn't even know some of these things had a, a, a port of this, like Sega Master System. Did you know that Sega Master System had a version of this? I didn't know that. I, You know, I think I, when I was uh, playing the Amiga version, I went through and I played a bunch of the different ports. Yeah. Uh, I think I did a stream of it, actually. But I don't remember much about the Master System version. I believe that this is the game where the Nintendo version is a completely different game. Um, I, they, I think they, you're right, They actually. turned it into, like, a weird role-playing game almost, so... You know, Pretty crazy. Uh, and there it is. If you're watching the video version of this, I uh, uh, um, I didn't realize. Right, listen, maybe I'm naive. I was around. I didn't realize Rygar had enough arcade jack to actually merit all these home conversions. Mm-hmm. Frankly, right. You know, so there you go. Then again, you know, last weekend I found out that there was a, a home conversion of Mister Deuce Castle on the ColecoVision, and I was stunned. <laughs> That's another one I never. It was thought a darn good conversion that. too. I saw yeah, that on your is. stream. We'll get to that in a moment. So anyway, great stuff there from Graham. Now Graham, Graham did a two for this week, and this is this one just popped uh, earlier today. My favorite six C sixty four games versus their Amiga versions. Mm. Uh, these are always interesting to me, Boat, because the Amiga and the C sixty four are sort of joined at the hip, which is funny because again, hardware wise, they're not the least bit the same. Right, but they're you know they're both Commodore machines, and so they got, a lot of the stuff got ported back and forth. And if we had a nickel boat for every time we heard the phrase, well, this was better on the C64, we'd be millionaires. We hear that all the time, don't we? True. Absolutely. And if you read this article from Graham, that comes up quite a bit. That exact same line. <laughs> he looks at uh, some pretty good games, a couple of my favorites. He looks at Archon, Low Runner. He looks at Hardball, which I loved Hardball mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. Hardball 2 was actually really good. Hardball 1 was pretty good. Hardball 2 was really good. Uh, Curse of Azure Bonds. It's probably those gold box games. I never really thought they put much effort forward in porting those. They're sort of similar on it on all the different systems. Mm. This this is pretty cool. He goes into the differences of the similarities between the two versions. Excellent, excellent stuff. Complete with great pictures. Both articles have lots and lots of pictures. A full multimedia experience boat from Graham. Graham. Thumbs up to Graham. Yeah, absolutely, Graham. Thank you so much. I can't wait. You know, I'm just scrolling through this right now, and it's all I can do to keep listening to you talk because I want to read this article right now. But I'm going to force myself to close the window and look at it later. (laughs) I get that a lot, my friend. But yeah, a good week on everythingamiga.com. Let's uh, quickly, quietly switch over to the land of YouTube, Mm. We've had a pretty good week on here as well. Uh, let's start off with last week's ARG Presents boat. Yes. Now, ARG Presents, we, uh, we're we up and down like a yo-yo. It's like my weight. It's up and down all the time. Mm-hmm. This was an up week, and I never knew that there was so much interest in the ZX81, but uh, we got a, a pretty good push on this one yeah, you uh, did. this week, boat. When we looked at the uh, Sinclair ZX81 and sort of by proxy the ZX80, 
Uh, we played a couple interesting games for it. Uh, 49er and Ty. Mm-hmm. Uh, 49er is uh, one of the first high-res games ever made for the ZX81. And uh, it's pretty graphically impressive. I mean, for that system, it looks really good. Sure. Uh, it's actually a pretty interesting game. You know, since we live in a state with lots of mining, we weren't gold miners, but I, I, I can uh, uh, I can confirm that when you are mining, you really need to watch out for the gremlins because they were. <laughs> am I They'll wrong? Both they're everywhere around here. That's, That's what they teach us in school, you know, in mining class. Yeah. And then Ty was like, it, it reminded me, it's like if someone asked the question, can you make a Zaxxon clone with antsy characters? You can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was really, it's really an interesting, graphically brilliant game. So we had a lot of fun with those. If you have any interest in the old ZX81, uh, check us out. And if you're around uh, this weekend, uh, which uh, will be the 25th, 9 a.m., we will be doing our Halloween spectacular boat on your favorite system, the Microsoft Xbox. We are this. I was telling Brett that was our least viewed ever video on YouTube for ARG. So we're hoping if we top that, I call it a win, boat. That's the way I look at it. I'm uh, I'm, I'm just not even going to comment. I will say uh, we are playing. Uh, I don't know uh, Brent's game. Eh, my Brent's game, game is, not a Halloween game. Don't even try and spin this horrible you, hey, idea into a theme. I've show. already jumped on him. He's gonna <laughs> and he's gonna spin it. My game is a straight up Halloween game. Yeah. And it's solid gold you know, money. Listen, man, I'm giving you a hard time here. I'm actually looking forward to hearing you review Call of Cthulhu because that's a game that I hear tons of people talking about, and I don't know anything about it. So for this once, I will I will try and get past just my utter hatred of everything to do with the original Xbox and uh, and, and give this one a fair shake. I mean, you know, just while we're here. What is? Why do you hate the original Xbox so much? What is it about that machine that you hate? So Listen, much? man, look at the shirt that I'm wearing right now. The name of your show is ARG Presents Amigos Retro Gaming. The Xbox is not retro; it's just sucky. Now wait a minute here. I, I thought about that, but really, we've covered systems far newer than that. Yeah, you know, way newer. We just, in fact, I played a game earlier this year from 2019. So well, we're, we're all there's not. We can we go all over the place, but we go where the wheel says. We don't have a choice. In the matter, um, let's move along here. Now, this was kind of fun. Uh, last week, I fired up the old Coleco Atom, mm, yes, uh, Boaster. Now, you know, me and you had a me and you had a play on this Atom years ago. Remember that long before right. we started the podcast? Oh yeah, when we when I first got this thing, and we fired it up, and both to our to our amazement, not only did it work, but the printer still printed. That was the most amazing thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. But the downside of it is the printer is like a boat anchor mm-hmm. that you have to have with the atom because of the uh, because of the fact that it houses the power, right. which was a another brilliant move and for the on the part of the uh, people over Coleco. Yes. That's why Coleco did so well. Mm. It killed the company. The atom did. Yeah. But by God, we're bringing it back. I put a power supply in this bad boy, and we had a heck of a time. And uh, let me tell you the f- the fidelity of this thing. You know the video out quality is is excellent. I mean, uh, you you know streaming this from original hardware. I was always you know we've been burned before by the the Atari eight bits and stuff, not being able to get a clean signal. This yeah. thing looks super super sharp. You got a, you did an excellent job uh, presenting this in its original format on the screen. Well, thank you, Boat. And I will say the one thing about the that the Atom has over the original ClickoVision is it has an actual monitor port, a, oh. a, a video out. Oh, interesting. And, so, and get this, 
If you, it's also got one of those ports in the back, the same kind that the Atari and the C sixty four has for its video. Mm-hmm. So I took them, the, and it that also will produce a signal out. But what I did was I took the monitor signal out, and I took the audio off that jack, mm. and uh, it it that's why it looked and sounded like it did. I was pleased. Yeah, yeah. You know? I sat and I listened. I mostly listened to this stream because I was putting together my new computer desk. And yeah. when you fired up Mister Dew's Castle, and I heard that soundtrack, I was like, "Holy cow! What's yeah. going on here?" It was so good. I couldn't, I couldn't believe, believe how good that. it sounded. I couldn't believe that one, Boat. That was that was we had a lot of fun. So if you're into Clico Adam or just want to see some real wacky stuff, uh head on over and check that out. By the way, the uh multi card I used dip switch. So if you like to see a dip, switch a bunch of dips. That's your show. There's <laughs> plenty, plenty of time for to see that as well. Let's talk about the first offering from our good buddies over at the Pixel Guide Ad. Mm, now yes. this boat here. This was this came out of nowhere, boat. I couldn't believe it. These the the fellas are getting video getting their video on, uh, boatster. And this time around, and this is something they talked about on the show this past show, which is setting up the uh, Vic Twenty here uh, uh, with a uh, with an actual uh, Pi the the SD card, all that jive, right. sort of like I did with the C sixty four. Complete with a little interface off to the side. Yeah, the, the, uh, you know the, the the main difference is that he has that header board that allows you to plug in all of the uh, all of the joystick ports and stuff like that. Because before you had the key rod, the key rod didn't give you the joystick ports; it was just connecting the keyboard. No, right? it does give you the. Joystick oh, it does. Ports. Okay, yeah. okay. I thought that was a difference. It's pretty much exactly the same as this okay. thing. Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. It's funny. The funny thing is, but I didn't use them. <laughs> I still use the wireless. I just don't like wires. I got. Have you seen my room here? My God, it's got wires everywhere. But anyway, this is great stuff, and it's a nice companion uh, to the most recent uh, Pixel Guide. And so if you. Uh, Want to see how he does this? He goes into that uh, that special build, right? That and I think that that's, that's that's the half the star of the show is just yeah. talking about this this bare metal C sixty four, which t- strips away all sort of the the Linuxy stuff going on with with the Raspberry Pi, and basically gives you almost an FPGA type experience where there's no overhead at all. So pretty neat. Well said. Exactly. It's exactly correct. So I enjoyed that. Now this one. Uh, hot off the presses. I haven't even got to watch this yet, but our, our good buddy, Jack Flack, Rob Flack O'Hare, fires up some gremlins. Mm. Now, uh, me and the Brent played this on the Atari... Uh, 5200. Se- what was it? I think it was the 5200. 50, it was an unreleased right. game, I think. You're right. You're mm. right. It was a, Brent, it was a Brent pick. Uh, so, and this looks very similar to it uh, here. Uh, but uh, I, I remember this being a pretty fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be, have you have you seen this? Have I did. In fact, after yet? ARG, after your thing on ARG, I gave this a play because it yeah. actually received a Atari eight bit port as well, and I yeah. had a good time with it. It's a nice little game. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a lot of fun. Plus, uh, you know, I like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there you go. Uh, you know, Bo. Before we move out of here. What did you guys talk about this week on This Week in Retro? Oh, This Week in Retro, Aaron. It was a real barn burner. We talked, you know, last week, we talked all about the mini systems. It was all minis all the time. Well, this week, we shifted gears, and we talked about a new 
a full size console from the folks at Analog. We talked about, you know, remember when we talked about the Analog Pocket, that FPGA handheld system? Yes. Well, they're they're releasing something called the Analog Duo, and the Analog Duo is a uh, turbo graphics uh, system that plays every single kind of media that NEC ever released. So not only do you have your uh, your your turbo graphics, your PC engine, your super graphics games, but you also have all of the CD games. There's a CD drive in here too. So you can play the Turbo Arcade Squared, the Turbo Graphics or the PC Engine CD-ROM Squared or the CD-ROM-ROM, as Neil likes to call it. Uh, basically, everything that NEC did, you can use to play with this system. And the, the, the most interesting thing about it is the price. Um, you know, the fine folks over at Analog aren't known for their cheap systems. They've released yeah. uh, NES uh, <laughs> FPGA machines that cost upwards of $500. So I was shocked to find out that this machine is actually going to be on offer for less than $200. And I don't know if you've looked at the prices of TurboGrafx-16s these days, but they ain't cheap. They ain't as cheap as they used to be, that's for sure. So this thing, it's starting to creep down into maybe buying this instead of the original hardware category, not to mention all of the modern conveniences like having uh, 8-bit dose support right out of the gate, plus Bluetooth support, um, you know, and a, a modern uh, video out. So uh, the Analog Duo seems, pretty, seems like a pretty good deal. Have you heard anything about that, Aaron? I listened to your show, and I, I was aware of this one for a while back. I can't remember. You know, you hear about these things mm-hmm, when you sure. are in this space. Um, and uh, you're, I will say, yes, that the TurboGrafx is one of those machines that has that has picked up in popularity uh, here recently uh, in the last year or two. As these machines get discovered by new people, I mean, a lot of us have known about these things for years and years and years. Uh, and I will say, uh, buying a... Buying a Turbo Gravity 16 in the States and, and and then trying to use it is irritating mm-hmm. because you have to have a special breakout to use anything but RF. I mean, unless you build something, which is what I did. you have And it's a big, weird contraption you have to go buy. There's only one joystick port, so that's a pain. The joysticks aren't cheap, that's, right. that's so you got that going for you. Of course, if you get a Turbo Graphics, you still don't have the CD element to it. Uh, so if you want to play genuine CD games, uh, you're going to have to pay. Now I, I believe there's something cooking to allow the CD thirty, uh, the, the Turbo Graphics to play CD games with some kind of gimmick, you know, sort of like the Sega CD. But I don't, I don't quote me on that. But it seems like mm. I heard about something. Uh, at the end of the day, though, you're in for some bucks, some some real legitimate cash. Yeah. And so uh, I will say, I wouldn't would I buy some? This is obviously I've got a Turbo Graphics, but if if I wanted to get a Turbo Graphics, uh, it's I don't I rarely say this boat because you know me because to me if you're buying something that's simulating the thing, it's I mean I don't know it, it seems I mean, if you've got access, but this is a whole different kettle of fish. This isn't like you're simulating an Atari twenty six hundred something. These things are pricey. Mm-hmm. They're a pain in the butt to use, and the peripherals are expensive. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the day, you'll probably at bare at bare minimum you'll break even getting something like this. That's the way I look at it yeah. too. And, and um and just an update on the analog pocket in coordination with this release, they are releasing a uh, an adapter that will allow you to play Turbo Graphics games on the uh, the analog pocket. And this thing was cheaper than I thought it would be too. I figured this thing would probably be seventy five hundred bucks. 30 bucks for this adapter. Now, we can go through the whole discussion again about whether, you know, the analog pocket is worth it. Uh, you know, to, are, you, are, you, are you gaining anything by playing, you know, original games on a handheld system? But if that's your bag, 30 bucks is not a bad price to pay to get that compatibility. Oh, you know, again, 
I will say this: if you if you have a bunch of here's to me the market for something like the uh, Turbo Graphics analog contraption is people that have a uh, a library or are planning on collecting a library of games for the Turbo Graphics mm-hmm. original games because the Who cards are pretty sturdy format, but mm-hmm. they are, uh, and so they're collectible as heck. They're good looking, good cases. Uh, and so if you're collecting those, that's something I would recommend. I will say the TurboGrafx emulates near perfectly. So if you're just wanting something to tool around on, and you, now I will, uh, you know, if, the, if you're going to play the CD stuff again, this works well because the CDs, even if you're going to emulate them, it's not the easiest thing to go and get all those CDs. They're huge. They take all that space. Maybe at the end of the day, it's easier, you know, sort of like, right. that's what I think about the Unamiga. I mean, I've got a real Amiga here. And the Unamiga does a pretty good job, but it's real easy. So easy goes a long way with me, Boatster. Me too. Me too. Um, and then we talked about Ethernet. Ethernet turns 40, Aaron. Do you remember your first Ethernet experience? D- I do. <laughs> I do. I was When I was listening to your show, I thought about it. The first time I ever bought an Ethernet card and it attempted to hook it up, because we had remember the old token ring uh uh interfaces no no well, they're old anyway i i knew of those and i knew of ethernet uh but i never had never fooled with it until doom came out mm. but doom came out we we wired up my house in lexington for uh ethernet so we could fight each other in doom so sure, i will right. say doom probably sold a lot of network cards absolutely uh, back in the day uh, and uh, and it was not easy to use. You know, Ethernet's always sort of a pain to butt when it comes to. I, I, to this day, I still have trouble getting Windows to see all my drives. So it drives me bananas. Mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, finally, we our final story. Well, we we actually we dis, we introduced sort of a discussion segment on the show. Slowly, uh, this week in retro is turning into Amigos, where it just becomes me and Neil rambling <laughs> on. Yes. But we we talked about our, our you know uh, when we experienced different firsts in gaming and uh, we opened up some discussion on reddit about that on our subreddit uh but our final story Aaron, we're going to talk about on the amiga news segment this week so uh let's uh let's fast forward on to that if you're okay i'm ready i think i hear the train coming bud. oh boy there he is the robot flying across the screen train i love it i love it <laughs> mostly because it's God. me I know, All right, Aaron. I know. We got three big stories on the news segment this week. The first one comes to us from none other than our boy, Ravi Abbott. Ravi has abandoned his YouTube channel. He's left it to the wind. Probably a smart Get move to yeah. focus on Mixcloud. Mixcloud is a uh, is a video live video platform that is focused on the DJ. He is a DJ. He is what he plays. Yes. Uh, this is uh, this is the formula. You can go on here. You can see an archive of all of his uh, previous mixes. Uh, my favorite are the ones where he explicitly calls it Euro Trash. Yeah, he's a man after my own heart. Yes. Um, I knew when he said that. I was like, that's thumbs up from the boat. But he's spinning <laughs> on two Amiga 1200s and a, and a microphone. He's calling out, you know, the, you know, as everybody knows, dance music is not my favorite, but I can listen to Ravi just mix it up all the time because, you know, first of all, he's doing it on Amigas. Number two, he's got a tracker set up so you can watch these things go by on the tracker, which I love. And then he's shouting out like one of those old school Jamaican guys, you know, where he's giving shout outs in the chat and stuff. I love it. So if you're at all interested in some uh, some dance music, something to get you pumped up throughout the day, none other than the host of the world-famous The Retro Hour podcast, Ravi Abbott, spinning discs virtually on um, mixcloud.com slash formulation. 
Robbie's a busy man, Boat. He is. He is. All right, Aaron. Next up, there is a new Amiga magazine coming. This thing is Amiga Addict Magazine. This is a print magazine that is going to originate in England uh, with a uh, for and well, primarily for an English speaking audience. I guess all you know, obviously, you're not going to be buying Amiga Addict if you can't speak English. But um, the thing that makes this publication stand out is number one, our boy Simulant. He's behind it. So, yeah. you know, we dig Simulant. We dig his stuff, the, the Wi-Fi adapter. We hope that he brings back those keyboards at some point in the past yeah. or at some point in the future. Um, but he's signed on an all-star cast to work on this thing. On the cover, we have the one and only Amiga Bill uh, getting it done. Big article on Amiga Bill. We've also got work from Kim Justice. We've got work from some guys called the Amigos. Uh, Ravi Abbott has signed on as deputy editor. So this thing is, uh, you know. It's a who's who of the Amiga community and us. That's exactly <laughs> right. Well. That's exactly right. We also right. staggered in. <laughs> so um, this thing is, uh, they're, what they're doing, they're doing sort of a homegrown Kickstarter where uh, in order to make the costs make sense, they've got to pre-order 500 of these. Now you can pre-order and if they don't reach their, their goal of selling 500 pre-orders, everybody's getting their money back. So you don't have to worry about that. This thing is on sale for £4.50 plus shipping, or you can purchase a digital edition. Um, Aaron, I know that you and I are going to be purchasing a an, an issue of this. We really hope this thing gets off the ground because, um, you know, the, the main problem with a lot of print Amiga magazines is they look beautiful. They're, they're well laid out. The graphics are amazing. But a lot of them just, they originate in other countries and they're translated. And the, the translator, the, God bless the translators, they're doing the best they can. But nothing really flows the way it should, like it's written in its own native language. You know, whether you're reading Dostoevsky or you're reading Amiga Addict, you want, you want to try and read stuff in the original language if you can. So I'm really excited to have something coming straight out of the heart of Amiga country straight out of England where it was not a non-factor like it was here in the United States. <laughs> I can't wait to check out Amiga Addict. And if you're interested in writing, uh, you can actually join the uh, Amiga Addict Discord server and get involved. So uh, this is over at simulant.uk slash shop. You can click on the link to Amiga Addict and get all the details there. Yeah, it looks good. The layout looks good. Uh, I have uh, a boost of confidence with Ravi uh, near the helm as well, because I know he's a Ravi has an attention to detail and uh, uh, that I respect, um, which also is, as does a Bill Kim Justice. These are all quality folks to doing the work. I think mm-hmm. uh, it should it should be a good issue, and it should be a lot of fun. And hopefully, uh, this will get off the ground. I think the uh, listen, you know, like I said, full disclosure, we we probably write a couple things for this, but the truth be told. When I when I first heard about this, the first thing I look at is the price. Right. You know what I mean? Because you know me. Good old cheapy. All right. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, the price is that's that's a darn good price. I mean, my Absolutely. opinion. I mean, it's cheap, you know. And so uh, I figure uh uh take a chance. Drop a drop a fiver on this sucker or whatever. I think it'll be fun. You know, if, if Bill's in there and Kim Justice, you know it's gonna be gold. That's mm-hmm. the way I look at it. Should be a lot of fun. Simula is uh, does quality work. I've got one of his little gizmos right here. It's good stuff. Uh, so give it a shot, won't you? And finally, Aaron, Amy West continues on. Uh, you may remember, Aaron, that we record, we cut a promo for Amy West the other we day. 
And uh, that, oh god, that, I forgot that, about that. Yeah, oh, and god. it is going to be broadcast live oh, on the no. big screen. No, um, when we uh, and uh, and so uh, Bill was very appreciative of that. And uh, actually, there's going to be a live get together, a live virtual get together uh, over at uh, GoToMeeting. Uh, I've posted that link in our show notes that you can find directly below this YouTube video or in the show notes on your podcast app. Uh, and you can go in and you can join the fun. I have a feeling this is going to be a very Cocoa Talk-like atmosphere where there's just going to be some guys sitting around talking about Amiga. I know that Aaron and I are both planning to hop on at some point on Sunday afternoon. Uh, this thing is going to go down from Sunday from 10 to 5, an all-day affair. So uh, 10 Mark, 10-Minute 10 Amiga Retrocast, is spearheading this thing. Uh, he uh, invited us to come. Amy West, you know, it's not going to be the same as being there, but I'm sure it's still going to be a, a good time. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah. Hey, I would love to be at this. To be honest, I've never been out there, and number one, and also this would be a lot of fun. I believe... This is the little con that the the guys over at Pistol Gaten went to last year and talked about. This is the mistaken. little con that Sacktown building. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and Doug's all up in it as Doug uh, want to be. Uh, so uh, this should be uh, fun, and I'm looking forward to hopping in there. I'm not looking forward to that uh, c- promo we got <laughs> there. <laughs> I wish you hadn't mentioned that. <laughs> I totally forgot about that boat. You're a real bum, my friend. Hey, uh. I've got a little bit bit of news here that we didn't talk about, so we should, but we definitely want to touch on it. Okay, man. Uh, this past weekend, it all went down. Speaking of Doug, uh, they had the culmination of the Amiga Art. Oh uh, yes, uh, competition. I can't which, believe that we didn't that that I wasn't made aware of this. Oh yeah, I watched it, uh, Boaster, uh, and it was what I would call a good time. Now this went on. They went for the new indoor record uh, for. Uh, uh, ha- having a stream run. I believe this ran like seven hours. Oh, I mean, my long. gosh. Wow. <laughs> can you imagine having an ISP so stable that you can stream for seven hours without no. disruption? Oh, I can't I can't imagine that. Uh, uh, and, of course, Pixel Vixen and Tanmark were at the helm of this, uh, making the tough calls. I want, And keep in mind, they cut this thing short uh, because <laughs> they had animations that they barely touched on, including one that they showed that I've... Couldn't believe my eyes. It was so impressive. Mm. All the art was great. Yeah, I mean, I'm it scrolling was, through right now. It is amazing. Yeah, it was really, really good. Uh, it's all up. Uh, it's all up to be viewed. Uh, I believe. If you go to amigaartwork.com, okay. uh, you can you can you can see all of it. It is all. If you click on the gallery 2020 link. Uh, they have a categories for the hand drawn artwork category, um, and uh, there are so many, so many right up there at the at the top. There, uh, there are so many entries. I mean, and th- there was a photographic category. I- I'm yeah. looking at Neil with a pipe right now. There's nothing yeah. more than I like than Neil with a pipe. And see, um, a lot of these I missed because I d- I missed the first say four hours before I got the last two. So mm. I'm seeing some of this for the first time. Some of it's really, I mean, really, like I said, I didn't see anything that I would say was a dud. And some of the stuff I saw was just unbelievable. The winning, the winning uh, 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 submissions uh, were. The, I know the one was a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, wow. it was unbelievable. It's got to be in here. It, right, there it is, and it looked like that's not a photo. He, that's unbelievable. Got, he actually included him drawing this, like all the. Well, like he had to because nobody would have nobody would have believed it. You that's, know, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, but I mean, all these. And you've got professionals in here, but oh, yeah. this isn't yeah. like my outhouse picture. <laughs> you know, and I will say, I thought the art, 
from uh, Amigathon was really good, and some of that art appeared in here as well. Right, right. And and it you know everything was well received. Just uh, uh, a tour de force mm-hmm. of Amiga owners' creativity and their ability to use uh, Amiga tools to create beautiful, beautiful works of art. So yes, yes. a big thumbs up to everyone that participated. Big thumbs up to uh, Vicky and to Doug. I know Vicky was up to like two or three in the morning because she's in Japan. Mm-hmm. So she was <laughs> she was, she was kill, getting killed over there. Uh, but a great, a great fun thing. I was I was amongst a handful that stayed to, at the end and got to see the winner. And I was I was very pleased. So big thumbs up to that, Boaster. Very cool. Thank you. There. Yeah. Thank you for getting that in there. No problem. No problem. I think all that's right, all Aaron. we got news. wise. Well, we Boaster. got one more piece of news here. Oh, OK. We uh, received something in the mail yesterday, and uh, and I'd like to show it to you. This comes to us from Digital Mania 3K, our All buddy, right. our our buddy DM DM 3K, otherwise right. known as Kilobytes and Caffeine. Uh, he has sent us a package, and it was wrapped up like a, something that was very valuable. So I figured that it was. Aaron, I want to show you the newest addition to our collection here. Check this thing out, Aaron. Oh my! It's an Amiga One Thousand. What is it? Is that the? Oh, it's the covers missing. Yeah, the covers off. This is Amiga One Thousand number three for us. I am super excited about this, Aaron, because maybe inside this Amiga One Thousand there will lie a drive that I can replace in my Amiga One Thousand with, and uh, and finally get my thing up and ready, man. I'm super excited. That, uh, this that thing is, is uh, you, you know, I. These things are, as you know, these are not easy to come by. And, and I really want to thank uh, Digital Mania for sending this to us. Uh, and I also want to thank, I think that there was uh, somebody that helped them out with the shipping from the Discord. So uh, whoever you are, Anonymous, a good Samaritan, thank you very much. Aaron, this is this is pretty exciting stuff. First of all, that's great. It's not, Digital Maniac is a, is, a, is a real quality guy, by the way. Uh, and uh, uh, kudos to him. That was that was a very selfless thing to do to send that out here, and I hope you can put one together. In fact, I may have something to help you here. I'm not going to drag it on screen because I'm still going through it, uh, but a sort of a, 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 a sort of a lovely gift from our good buddy David Z out in Arizona, along the same lines as that lovely gift. I've got in my possession here three uh, big boxes of loot, various loot. Uh, if you tuned in to our uh, if you tuned into our uh, International Computer Club a couple months ago, uh, David gave a, a, a impromptu sermon on the glory of 3D <laughs> printing. And I will call it that, folks. I think that's the appropriate way to say it. And uh, uh, the uh, he sent me uh, a huge box of stuff he had printed, 3D printed for various computers. Uh, uh, all kinds of, like there's an entire back cover for an Amiga 1000. Wow. I'm hoping maybe there's a front cover in there for that one. That would yeah. be nice. All kinds of stuff. And then just arrived just here at press time uh, that I just barely have looked through is a two more boxes. One had a, a, a Commodore 64 1541 and one had a bunch of magazines that I've never even heard of. Uh, these magazines and so we're going to me and Boda we're going to put our heads together to figure out what to do with all this well, stuff you know here's here's my plan with the 1000 okay this thing is obviously it's something special yes and uh we are going to ring in 
the Taze Valley Classic Computer Club. When all this is over and we're finally able to meet again, that's how we're going to ring in our, our our first meeting is everybody's going to come over. John Marshall's going to be here with the isopropyl alcohol. <laughs> and and we're going to go to town on this thing. We're going to clean it up nice. We're going to stream it out. We're going to swap the drive. We're going to do all the things we love to use to do together. Very good. I can't wait till that happens, man. I'm dying. Yeah. I'm dying for that. Uh, uh, it should be a good time. But the, yes, thanks for, thanks to both you guys. And last week, uh, Sloan Norris and stuff, thanks to you as well. And by the way, David also sent me this awesome luchador t-shirt i'm wearing which i appreciate that so uh thanks everybody we listen we really we don't take you guys for granted let's just put it that we really appreciate it and you can be darn sure we're gonna we're gonna tackle all this stuff headlong yeah man speaking of tackling headlong boaster are you ready to go where no man has gone before i am ready all right let's kick it in boat make it so it's public domainia boat what do you think I love it. I love it. I love you are the logo master. You know, you give Brent all kinds of credit for being good at Photoshop and design stuff. I know where the real talent is in the in, oh, in yeah. the Dowdy household. No, you've you're clearly uh, you've you've forgotten my true talent. I'm the rip off other people's work master, <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've done it yet again with this logo. But we're we're back again with I don't know is this public domainia six or five? No, we, or? We've done far more than that. Have far we? more. Far it far more. It seems like thirty. Yeah. Honest with you, but uh, uh, Boatster, this week we thought that well, we didn't think this. The folks that vote this on these sorts of things, the big boys, decided that we're going to take a look at two uh, uh, top shelf public domain titles. But you know the uh, the Amiga public domain scene is interesting. We have come across some real gems, and we've also come across some not gems. So yes, we'll see how we go. We're going to kick it off this week, uh, Boat, with Star Trek The Game. That's right. Now, I want to start off this little look at Star Trek The Game by talking about another Star Trek game. Because <laughs> I didn't, I downloaded the wrong one. Uh, because there are two Star Trek The Games okay. uh, for the Amiga. And the one I got was, uh, the first one I got was not nearly as attractive as this one. But it, one thing it did do it was two discs. It played the entire opening to the original Star Trek in full audio oh, format. Okay. It played, I thought to myself, was that I'm the in. game? <laughs> you think that's like a whole disc right there, right? So, but yeah, and then there's a game there. It's actually sort of similar to this, uh, but the, if you download this and you think to yourself, "Oh, this doesn't look that great," you've got the other one because like, the, the one of them looks really great and one of them does not. Hmm. And so we're looking at the one that does look really great. Uh, this one was released in 89. Again, it's a freeware game. Uh, two discs. And developed by an outfit boat, cunningly named, just for you, AGA Tron. <laughs> I would have I I gave this one a pass back in the day. Yeah. Well, it, uh, hilariously, AGA Tron does not stand for AGA Graphics. I'm guessing uh, since this came out in 89, that, that that's probably... <laughs> it actually stands for Amiga Graphics and Animation. That was okay. their gimmick. Uh, this game was worked on by two fellows, Thomas Cruza, who did some of the coding, and Tobias Richter, uh, which we'll get into him in a moment. Uh, Thomas Cruza had worked on a couple of the games, Black Gold, uh, Cubulus, and Oil Imperium. These guys are German. I think both. I know, I know uh, uh, Tobias is German. Mm. Uh, Tobias was a graphics guy. He did a little coding in this. He worked on uh, games uh, Anstross, Black Gold, uh, 
Bundesliga manager pro conquistador uh oil imperium on the eh? ball yeah conquistador and uh, now get this boat and i have to say uh somebody in our discord turned me on to this when i was because i hadn't done my research when i read it uh this guy tobias was no like run-of-the-mill star trek guy this guy was a big time fan oh yeah tobias richter uh if you look on his video, or if you look up him on the internet, he actually has credits on IMDb. Uh, he actually has done a ton of work on uh, with CGI work on like uh, videotape covers, pictures, like ship renderings, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, and, and I, I know mean, that he's real involved with the Star Wars fan community too. I'm sorry, the Star Trek fan uh-huh. community too. That'll get you killed. I know. He, I know. Yeah. Oh, big time! Apparently, he was pretty well known over over in Europe. Uh, he also did a lot. He did some work on the Star Trek Online models. If mm-hmm. you've ever played that game, uh, which I, I think I he, play. he actually designed Deep Space Nine for that. <laughs> oh, you mean yeah? I mean, maybe I don't know. Yeah, he the model of the, the Deep Space Nine. He this guy had talent, and I will say uh, that you can see you can certainly see his fandom coming through in this because I also read that he had before this game even came out, he had done work on these little like sizzle reels that they would play at like Trek. Con- trick meetings and conventions mm, and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, which they, I've seen some of the scissorels here from the local ones and they're, they're not that good. <laughs> I'd like love this. to see some sizzle reels from that. What was that? What was that Trek club you were in where you met at the library and everybody, everybody wore their Starfleet uniform? Oh, that gosh. It was, I was just there one time. It was here for a friend of mine, but it was in, <laughs> it was in Charleston. I can't remember the name of it. It was like whatever the U S says something like <laughs> hillbilly probably. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, so right off the right of the gate, first of all, anytime that I can research someone that worked on a public domain game, that's a new feeling for me because I don't, I mean, do a ton of research. I was surprised. Uh, this game was written entirely in C, so there's in case that's your cup of tea. Uh, and anyway, you've got a guy that that wrote this that helped do the graphics and is a Star Trek lover, so you know it's going to be full of inside Star Trek stuff, and right. it is. Uh, this game comes up, and it comes up with a beautifully uh, like rendered picture of the, of the Enterprise, and it loops the theme from uh, the I believe it was Wrath of Khan, or it might have been Star Trek One, the mm. real huge orchestral theme mm-hmm. for Star Trek. You know, uh, it loops it. It looks, it looks it's a beautiful opening screen. They're also using sort of the movie font, so they you know you can tell it's a game of its time, uh, and then. You actually settle in to the game. Now, uh, this game has instructions if you're German. If, you t- <laughs> if you're not German, you're and I tried to look around, and I actually had translated the instructions, and it didn't help me that much. So oh, I'm glad to hear that because I didn't even think to translate the instructions. I just well, figured I was screwed. Yeah, you were screwed. <laughs> uh, this game, uh, if, you, if, if you ever ask the question, what happens if a, star- a hardcore Trekkie uh, – Writes a Star Trek game, it's hardcore. Mm-hmm. This game breaks down. I mean, it's really it's sort of a game ahead of its time. It breaks down the various stations on the Enterprise, and you're sort of running, uh, you you're sort of running menus from the bridge to go and check on these various stations. I'm trying. I, this isn't a good way to start. How would you? What would you explain this game? Is this a simulation boat? Is that what we're well, doing? Well, you know, here? there was a popular CD-ROM game called Star Trek Bridge Simulator. Do you mm-hmm. remember this? 
I know, Brent, is that the one that y'all play in VR? No, actually, I'm sorry. That's the new one. That yeah. The old one was not called that. It was called something else, but it was sort of like that. But anyway, what it was, was it was like, it was a bunch of digitized pictures of various places on the Enterprise, and you could walk through the Enterprise by basically clicking around, you know, imagine like if it was missed, but it was the Enterprise. Yeah, I've seen stuff like that, sure. Yeah, that this is sort of like that, where you are given a tremendous amount of freedom to be, pretty much do whatever you want. You can visit all the different departments on the enterprise. You can talk to various people. You're getting communications, you're like in real real time communications from Starfleet from various things. Your ship is, you know, going through uh, space and so you encounter magnetic storms and all these things and the action really takes place on the bridge as it does. And uh, you are the the view screen that you see, you know, the display. There's a special word for this in Star Trek. Well, I guess he says on screen and it's the screen, but it's also a window. I don't know how that works. But anyway, it's um, a screen. Yeah. Uh, you, you see, you know, either enemy ships or asteroid fields or stuff like that. But you also see in a very frontier like way when you're leaving a planet, you see the planet pulling away behind you. And that looks pretty cool. Um, and so there's. Uh, visually this game is 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 it's hard to say it's impressive because it's a lot of it is just static imagery but conceptually i guess i should say this game has a lot of promise yeah uh, i thought it looked real good actually i thought i was yeah, i was pretty impressed yeah yeah um and so at first i was like oh man you know like this seems really cool um and the game really starts to fall apart when you start playing the game um, because you don't know exactly like, OK, you, you you're greeted with a mission. And so I was like, cool, you know, and, and I don't know if these missions, I'm sure that it's the same one every time. Surely these are not procedurally generated, but it was like your job is to take this delegation from this planet to this planet. And I right. was like, cool, I'm going to fire up the map. I'm going to find that planet and I'm going to go there. And who knows? Maybe I'll meet some Klingons all the way. I'm ready for a fun game. Well, the fun stopped immediately because I couldn't find that planet. And I looked and I scanned. It gives you this huge map of like the your, your quadrant of the galaxy. And maybe there's a way that you can go to a different map and find that planet. I could never find it. So I was like, well, maybe what I need to do is just start heading in a direction. And then the map will change as I you know leave where I am. Right. Well, I, I tried that and that didn't work either. So how did you approach this, Aaron? The funny thing about this is, Boat, I, it was very similar. First thing I did was sat down and looked at all the different areas you could go to. And it is not a, 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 a small thing, the amount of different areas you can go to. You've got engineering, communications, weapons, uh, the damage section, your science officers. Uh, then you can, you can also get a status report. You can go to the turbo lift. You can go to the... Uh, uh, you can go to the Medical. teleporters. You can go to the you can go to the docking bay. You can go to the shuttle bay. I mean, it's just a t yeah doctor. There's a ton of places you can go. And like Boat said, most of them have some kind of static screen, and some don't. Some just have like it'll say like everything's a okay or mm -hmm. whatever you know. Um, and very, I, I'll tell you something. Our our <laughs> our experiences were very similar. The first thing that happens is. And if you're a captain of a ship like this, this is probably what would happen. You start getting various status reports on stuff that you didn't know was brought. Like we're we're fixing the shuttlecraft, shuttle, uh, we're fixing the turbo lift. Right. They would just they would come in, and you'd be like, okay, yeah. And then you get a communication. I will say all the communications were per uh, were accurate to the 
to the show, the mm-hmm. sounds they would make. You would mm-hmm. get hailed. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We, we we can't we can't uh, skip over the ambient sounds of this game. Yeah. Oh my old. gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They're, so good. Yeah, and uh, good you, good quality too. Yeah. The, not only did they did they sample you know the the little you know bings and boops that you hear. This is a totally original series stuff. But I mean, the quality of the samples was great. I mean, yeah. when you consider the quality of most sound samples on the Amiga, especially on games that are trying to fit on one or two discs, uh, these were not compressed at all. Uh, I can't give high enough marks to just the the total atmosphere. Was, I mean, you really feel like you're sitting on the bridge of the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. This is, the view screen looks good. The crew looks everything looks fine, but it falls apart in two places for me. One, and this may be, and I'm going to give it to the benefit of the doubt because we're not German. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a game where you need to read the documentation. Yes. Okay. Uh, because much like Boat said, one of the first things that happens is you get a communication from Starfleet and it says, Hey, you need to go. And like for me, it was go pick, go take these supplies here. Okay. Well, I figured out where the map was. I went to the place I was supposed to take the supplies or to the map. I looked for it and I couldn't find it. The map is real tiny. And everything on it's super small, and it's hard to read. Mm-hmm. And I got confused, you know. And so, I, much like yourself, I'm like, "Well, I think this is it." I clicked on it. Then you've got to go to your helm, and you've got to set your warp speed, the whole nine yards, you know. Which right. that's and, all and, well and, and all of that stuff, like the warp speed, because you've got two different. You've got like your just your regular throttle, and then you've also got warp speed. Right. And and it looked complicated, and it looked like something that I really needed to read the documentation well, if, and understand. If you know anything about Star Trek, it was I could I understood enough, much like the tel- much like the transporters. If you don't know, if you don't watch the old show that much, mm-hmm. and you look at the controls because they're pretty accurate to the show, right? Right, which is <laughs> uh, great. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I mean, uh, you would be like, "What does this do? What does that do?" You wouldn't right. know, you know. Uh, and ultimately, uh, it would be depressing and difficult for you to understand. Really, th- to me, the main failing of this was understanding how the map worked. The map sucks. It was just everything is so small. Mm-hmm. We need sort of like a maybe like a Star Control two type map where you could zoom in. And did stuff you, did and you a, did you catch yourself using your mouse wheel to try oh, yeah, and zoom in all the time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and what really stinks is because from what I've read, I watch and there's not a ton on this game, but I watch some videos and I read a lot. And from what I saw, uh, there, this game is sort of the old rinse and repeat. You uh, they give you different missions. And you do them. But, I mean, there's stuff in here that I would wonder how it would work. For example, one of the places you can go is to the uh, is to the officer's lounge, and you can check on your crew's morale, mm-hmm. you know, and that's an interesting element of how that would go, you know, because it's something I wouldn't even have thought about, to be honest with you. Uh, you can... You could go into combat. Did you ever go into combat at any point when the, you were going? I never. In? I never ran into Klingons. I, I ran into a lot of asteroids, though. Yeah, uh, same thing. And you could take your. You could take the ship uh, to condition uh, yellow, condition red, and when you go to red, you get the just like the show. The lights go off and the sound, the whole nine yards. You can fire phasers. They have photon torpedoes. You can manually fire them. You can have your guy fire them. It's it. I mean, for a public domain game. You could have taken this game and put some docs with it and sold this as a Star Trek game, and no one would have questioned you in terms of most of it. Right. Uh, the where again, I think where it falls flat a little bit is just the overall 
uh, execution of the game part of this. I think you got right. everything else pretty much. But down. I mean, we how many commercially released games have we played that have been just this confusing from the get go? Something like yeah. Armageddon or something. So th- I agree with you a hundred percent. I don't know why you'd put so much effort into something like this and not taking not take it to Paramount or whoever and say, listen, look at this thing. This thing's ready to go. You know, yeah. have them package it up and sell it because this is an amazing. I mean, this even in its current state. This is so much better than most Star Trek games because most Star Trek games is like a top down view of the Enterprise and it's like a Galaga thing or it's lame, stupid. It's like Star Control. I mean, I know there are people like Star Control, but like that's not what Star Trek is. Star Trek's not about shoot 'em up, you know. So, well, I, I did like the old Vector Star Trek, and it was about shoot. I, I thought it was a fun game. But I mean, but if but, you're looking to play a game where you're pretending like you're in an episode of Star Trek, or you know, the, the, it's it's not something that you're just going to be shooting junk all the time. No, I this agree. Is, this is a game where you're you're in control of all the various systems and it's a dialogue based thing you've got control of the shuttlecraft i mean it it pains me that this thing number one didn't get released with english documentation and number two that he didn't take this to a publisher and say listen this thing is awesome you need to put it out because well uh, this this could have you know it could have easily been ported to other systems um, you know, it, it he could have made some money and also jump started, you know, the career that he ended up having with with Star Trek, maybe even on a, on a higher level. Well, I know why the no publisher jumped on it. It's because it's the license would be enormous. And plus, there are other Star Trek competing Star Trek games that, that aren't this. And so it'd be I can see where that'd be a problem. You know, you sort of said something there and I want to touch on this before we move on. And that is who would make a game like this in public domain? OK, and and. I was puzzled by it until I until I saw the article that was linked up into in the Discord, and it answered my question. This is the game of a super fan, a, a very talented yeah. super yeah. fan, that would make a game like this. Because uh, if you're making a game, it's sort of like Star Trek. You sort of like do a half job on it. But if you're a manic super fan, there are plenty of times in this where like ships fly by. And the ship, the detail in the ships is off the charts. Like they're, I looked at them. I know they were perfect, mm-hmm. perfectly made. These are different, various classes of of Federation ships. Mm-hmm. That, did you ever have that happen when you were playing? Absolutely, it was, they would, they it was would, amazing. The time, they would hail you and wish you right, luck as you right. as you're going by. The uh, even the all the way down to the Galileo, the uh, shuttlecraft, the cursive writing on the logo on the side. It's all there. Stuff that you wouldn't know to even look for unless you're a, like a big time fan, mm-hmm. you know, which I am. And the sound effects, he could have just put some Star Trek sound effects in there, but he actually made the sound effects just like they are in the show at the exact right times. Right. So this is one of those games. If you're German, I would I would definitely give this a shot. And then I would love to hear somebody could really sit down and play this for a long time and tell me what's going on and tell me how the game is because for me I was it was very confusing. If you, but it's something everyone should load up and just take a look at, because it is quite a spectacle in, in terms of what it delivers. Uh, and I'm an old Star Trek guy, boat as you know, so I, I was actually pretty pleasantly surprised by this one. Uh, and it, it's one of the highest quality PD games I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's just that the but the game falls a little bit short on the actual on the actual gameplay itself. But again, a, a fun game. This actually has a, a review on Lemon. Now I want to talk about this real quick. Uh, Lemon gives this a 6.36, which is a pretty good score uh, for a PD game. They've got an article linked here to CU Amiga, and I saw this listed everywhere, and I think this is one of those cases where 
everyone lists something, but no one checks it because mm-hmm. I checked that app. The issue is not available online, but I looked at the table of contents and this game isn't mentioned anywhere. And there's another star game that is. So I'm guessing that they botched it, but if right. it, let's go on the assumption that they did review it, it got an 88%. So, but again, I, I, I find that hard to believe to, uh, to be honest with you, Boat. Um, I think did we get any Discord action? We on did. This one? We we got we got a couple couple reviews this week. First right. one comes from Chris Folds, and he says this game defines the era: inaccessible, overcomplicated, with an insane level of detail that just gets tiresome. Once you fight through it all, you are greeted with fifth-rate space shooting sh- scenes. There may be more after that, but I just rage quit at that point. Two out of ten. And Pixels at Dawn writes. I started playing this with the intention of reviewing it, but this is super deep and pretty fun for a Trekkie such as myself. You can go to most of the key areas on the ship, fly across the Federation, shoot at Romulans, and beam things up. It's almost what I would expect Star Trek Bridge Crew to be if created on the Amiga, but there's even more detail than that game. It can be a bit slow and clunky, but I'm treating it more like a sim than an arcade game. I will definitely spend more time with this, but I don't really want to give it a score with such a short play session. Understood. You know, I, I had a big write up here too about the original show, mm-hmm. but I think I can I think I can safely assume that most people know what Star Trek is. <laughs> I think so. I here's think a tri- so. Here's a question for you, Bo, just for fun. What year do you think this came on, and how many years did it run? I want to say that Star Trek only ran for, and I'm not a big Trek fan, so you know, uh, but I, I think it wasn't it sixty six. Okay, I knew it was from 66 to 68 is when it ran, and then it ran for only two seasons, right? Uh, Let's see here. According to this, it it aired. Well, you were I mean, you got the you got it right. you got the year. It it debuted September 8th, 1966. Bam. And it ended June 3rd, 1969. Now, do you know how many episodes there are? I'd say about 50. But there's 79 episodes. 79. I know that this was one of the first shows that really made it big in syndication. Yeah, absolutely it did. And, this, of course, that's where I saw it. Obviously, mm-hmm. I wasn't born back then. But the old man was like, here you go, kid. And uh, once I saw Spock, I was like, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is my this is my show. I was a, I was a huge fan. Still I am. It's still my favorite Star Trek. I'd love to get you time. and the Chud on Truck Talk sometime. The Chud watches all the Star Trek just over and over. Mm-hmm. He's probably seen every every one of those 79 episodes probably 15 times. I'm yeah. not kidding you not. So, let's move along to so now for something completely different as they say. And we're going to look at the Mr. Men Olympics. Now, the name of this, I was like, what the hell is this? All right. Now, before we get into the game, and you may know this boat, but I'd never heard of it. Did you hear? Did you know about the Mr. Men series of books? So this is, and I only know this because I used to live in England. Yeah. But there was a huge fad when I was there, and it's been over 10 years since I was there, where people would wear shirts, Mr. Men shirts. And so there'd be like Mr. Grumpy, Mr. Grape, Mr. Yeah. Lumpy. I don't know all the Mr. Men. I don't sure, know like any Smurfs. of the Mr. Men. They all had their own the yeah, personality. Yeah, they're, but instead of, instead of the Smurfs, they all look very different. Um, now, have I ever read any of the Mr. Men books? No. So I, you, you'll have to educate me on Mr. Men. Please, allow me. So I looked into this whole craze. Uh, Mr. Men and Little Miss. Okay. Now, Little Miss, apparently, I don't I think I hear she can't involved. be wrong. Yeah, uh, this, these were books that were authored by a fellow named Roger Hargraves. 
and uh, he he actually wrote them until he passed away in '88. Then his son took over Adam, and he's still writing them to this day. So they've been really? around since 1971. Okay. And what they are are a series of children's books uh, that have little lessons in them, and they are they use little, like you said, sort of generic guys with these names to illustrate, you know, your goofus and gallant type thing yeah, for the people absolutely. of the states. Uh, you know, and you're uh, also 75 years old because nobody yeah. remembers who those guys. Well, are. listen, I, I vaguely remember it. Uh, it says here, as of 2015, there were 85 Mr. Men and Little Miss characters. Wow, that had been that's quite a stable. Series. And it says here that the uh, the books uh, have have sales over 100 million worldwide across 28 countries. Ours isn't one of them. You know, I'm surprised. That, I'm surprised that that has not come over. When you consider like stuff like you know Thomas the Tank Engine, we get a lot of you know kids import stuff. You know, from you, England. You know why I think it wouldn't get over here? Why? Because the and I think everything about it except the name would work. Mister yeah. Man, that's no yeah. good. I, sounds I lame. Yeah, it's it's it sounds no good. So that's a that's a fail. But I mean, Dave, that's the states for you. Uh, so anyway, when I started de- trying to figure out what the, the heck I'm looking for here. Uh, well, I got something. Mr. Men Olympics. I don't know where they found this one, Boat. Uh, released in 93. And this will run on the OCS ECS 2 discs. Um, you can actually, uh, have eight people playing, two simultaneous players. Uh, the game was written entirely in Amos Professional, uh, Mm. Boat. The uh, game, which is the brilliant game writing software. Uh, and... So what do you got here, Boat? First of all, this game I found bizarre. And when I say that, I mean just everything about it. So on the version I had when I tracked it down, there's this huge crack screen. I mean, it's epic. There's all kinds of crack going on. And I thought to myself, why is this cracked? (laughs) This public domain game. It also says it's a Euro press release. I don't know Whatever if that, that meant means. it was. I don't know if that meant it was released in a magazine. Someone might be able to fill me in, but I don't know what that means either. Maybe that was just the crack. You know, cracking groups. I'm sure would just put their name on anything. So it doesn't matter if it's public domain or not. You put your name on the front of it and you send it out. People know who you are. Europress for life. They put your name, phone numbers. Mm-hmm. I, if you watch the whole cracks, I watch the whole thing. <laughs> there's like 15, a whole screen full of phone numbers. At the very bottom, there's a couple that are secret. Mm. Oh, it's got the area code. I thought to myself, <laughs> if you've given away all these other ones, what, these two are super cool? You know, they're so great. So someone decided that the Mr. Men guys, and I, this has had to have been done by some demo guys, by the way, but someone decided that they were going to make a game uh with using the Mr. Men characters, that was the exact ripoff of track and field. Right. All right. Hey, I love track and field. So do you. Yeah. So I, I optimistically stepped forward into this one, both. Uh, what were your initial thoughts when you booted this thing up? Uh, I thought it looked good. Uh, I, thought, I thought it looked great, actually. It's uh, I thought, did it? Yeah, yeah. I thought that the, the characters looked good. Uh, you know, when I first loaded it up, uh, you're, you're, it's the running event. Uh, and, um, and then I started to play and, um, and things went downhill from there. But my first impression was that, uh, it's, it's a good looking game, a well-drawn, you know, there's somebody, obviously a fan of the Mr. Men characters, just like Tobias was a fan of Trek. Right. I I think you nailed it. They call Uh, them Menners, Aaron. The not, the authors on this are, are, uh, a fellow named Unity and, uh, 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 Amitri. All right, and Unity, I've seen he's he's uh, like logo or whatever. 
on a couple of screens. Uh, and, uh, and the, the I think they took that. Now, I don't know if these characters, I didn't look in the wiki. I don't know if these guys have been animated. Uh, you were over there. Did, were these guys just on the page or were they? Had, they I only saw them on the shirts. So, right, I, so I, they, you'd be insane to not turn this into a cartoon. Right, I mean, well, don't they, you think? If, I would assume they have been animated, and then this guy just because if they haven't, this guy did a good job. I yeah. mean, I, uh, uh, the fellows that worked on this they did a good job. It looks this is another. I tell you, both these PD towels are slick, mm-hmm. uh, slick. You could tell this one was a. These guys had to have been part of the demo scene, right? Uh, from the way this came up uh, and uh, loaded up. Now again, it's it's just like you would expect. It comes up and asks you how many. First of all, it asks you what to practice or play. Then it asks you how many players that one eight. And then you get to it, uh, and you've got the different events. The first event is the hundred meters with Mister Rush. So I'm assuming Mister Rush is like this speedy character from Mister Man. This is uh, they didn't reinvent the wheel here, did they, Boatster? Well, here's the problem. Yeah, if you're going to have a guy called Mister Rush, yeah. he needs to do more than slowly amble from the start line to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> because you you know part of the thing about track and field is that you get a real sense of speed the way that the scrolling works like you really feel like your guy is running this guy is not this guy looks like me you know it's 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 sort of a sort of a fast walk you know um, what this reminded me of if you ever, if you saw our Halloween episode of ARG for a couple of years ago Brent covered this game called the Mystic Marathon all right and the Mystic Marathon is another thing where these guys are running across the side. And it's very similar. Is this the this, one with the gnomes? The, the gnomes. Li- we race gnomes, he's famously <laughs> said. Uh, but the, the gnome shuffles across. And he looks like the most unathletic <laughs> dork. <laughs> Even Mr. Rush looks more more athletic than that guy. The, did, you, did you play this with a joystick or a game pad? I started out with the joystick. You know, I just bought a very expensive arcade stick. That's the and one. I did not last long with the stick. I was like, really? you know what? Screw this. I'm going all keyboard all the time. So I use the left and the right arrow. Just arcade game. I didn't even try the 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 the, uh, uh, the keyboard. I had my uh, my my wireless controller hooked up, and uh, it that's you you need a proper joystick. To yeah, play you these need events. you need a stick or you need a keyboard. And right. Of course, I was using an emulator, so it was easy for me to just switch the input yeah. over to keyboard. Yeah, you yeah. didn't have that option on the original no. hardware. Uh, and you could actually, uh, it's just your typical like waggle. That's all the first event right. is. And then when he it finishes, there's a little jerk on the sideline that will make a comment depending on how quick you are. Um, if you and this is one of those unlike say, there are some track and fields the way it's set up. It's like you could fail at one event and it'll let you go again. Mm-hmm. Not this one. If you fail at no, one event, you're done. You're out. So that was the first event with Mister Rush and the the, uh, the dash. The next event you play as Mister Strong. And it's weightlifting. Uh, this is an event that was in. Uh, this wasn't in track and field boat. This was in the uh, second one, I believe. Hypersports. Then it ha- isn't it the one that had uh, weightlifting. That's correct, right? Hypersports. Yeah. Now this worked. I think the same way. I I, I managed to get past this a few times, but it, it wasn't. Uh, it was odd. I could get the yeah, bar up. But I, it was getting- I also I also got past it, and I did it right, but I was never sure exactly what I was doing because, like, you have to hit the button, but you get no feedback when you hit the button. Right. Like, things just sort of happen. Uh, this is uh, – it's. I really like the camera viewpoint from this event, unlike hypersports where it's just – it basically shows you on the track lifting a weight. In this event, you're on a stage, like you're on a, in, like, a stage production, and the camera is seated behind the audience. So you see the back yeah. of 
of audience heads. Uh, very cool. It's a, as a, a very well drawn. You know, I just wish that this event would have been a little bit more clear with what you needed to do. Yeah, because there's these little lights. You have to hold the bar for a certain amount of time. It was weird, mm-hmm. but I did manage to get past it uh, uh, more than once, and I was I was always happy that I had. So the next event, and this is the event of doom right here for me. And this was the old the old hammer throw boat. Mm-hmm. Now I usually am pretty good at the hammer throw, uh, and this is another one. You're playing Mister Dizzy, spins around, and throws a hammer. It's just like uh, you would expect it to be. The problem with this event was, uh, and I by the way never got past this. I, the rest of the events I had to just experience and practice. Uh, is I I don't know how to win. I kept throwing the hammer. Well, at a here's good the thing. Angle, what, it, this is this is the this is the key. You you have to play it different than you do track and field. Okay. Okay. So what, in track what did I do wrong? In, in track and field, you have to stop the hammer when it's in between the two. Uh, the two lines. Right. In this game, you have to stop the hammer before it gets to the outside line. Oh, that would explain it then. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a, that's stupid. It is that's stupid. A stupid. That's a stupid if way you're, to do if, it. If you're going to copy a game, you need to copy the mechanics because people get confused. That's right. So after the after the hammer throw, you've got the pole vault. This I thought was interesting. It's Mr. Nosy. Yeah. Mr. Nosy doesn't need a pole. This, he just runs up and vaults with his nose. This was probably my favorite of the events just <laughs> because watching, watching Mr. Nosy hit the ground with his <laughs> nose and bound up into the air, airborne yeah. over the... Yeah. I loved it. That was, that was great. <laughs> also, like when you successfully complete it, he always lands on his feet. Like a, yeah, he's he like does. A cat. He's Mr. Nosy. Yeah, Mr. Nosy. This was pretty fun. Again, it's exactly what you would expect mm. uh, uh, that event to be. And then the last event uh, is the javelin. Right. The javelin features a bunch of guys uh, in it. It's got like the because the javelin's a thing. I'm sure I've got their names here. Uh, it's 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 the pole has a name. The the or the javelin has a name. The uh, the guy has a name, Mister Yeah, Mister Tickle and Mister Skinny. Mister, uh, I'm assuming Mister Skinny is the pole, the javelin, and Mister Tickle is the guy with the wavy arms. I think so. Again, this works just like you would expect. Uh, you run up to the line and you throw it. Now, when you throw this one, unlike say track and field, there is no animated part where it shows you i mean they show you the stick going through the air but it's the same every time and mm-hmm. it's it's stupid i for whatever reason i can never do very well at this well, okay event. I, I, it's well. because it's because you've also not played this one correctly okay so <laughs> when you launch the stick through the air the reason why it's the same every time is because you have to push the button rapidly to make mr skinny flap his arms and gain altitude and oh, actually give you enough purchase to pass I didn't even the know event. about that boat look at you Good for you, Boat. All right, outstanding. Well, there you go. You're up my game. Uh, so once you finish these each event, there's a, there's a high score table. I think it even saves the scores uh, between games, which is cool. Uh, you know, how do you appraise this one? But I mean, it's a clear ripoff. But what did yeah. you think of it overall? Well, the, the problem is that it's just not very much fun. Um, you know, track and field, even on its own, even original track and field, um, you couldn't release that game in 1993. I mean, you know, the world had moved on past the Waggle games. Yeah. And and so, you know, that's the, its its first problem. The second problem is, like I said, there's no sense of speed in the running events. You know, you need to have your guys just move faster because you're waggling like crazy, you know, and you want to see your guy correspond to the amount of effort that you're putting in. It's like you're killing yourself and the guy on the screen is just out on a, on a Sunday stroll. So that's yeah. no good. Um, however, in this game's favor, you know, the, none of the events were impossible for me to get past. Uh, I was able to, to, to get through all of them. 
Um, and, uh, and so that was cool. I, I, you know, the strength of track and field also is being able to go against another player. You know, I, you said that there were two players simultaneous events. I never, you know, did that. Uh, but maybe that would have added some fun, but at the end of the day, that's, that's what's written up. That's why it's written up. At the end of the day, this is a, you know, it's a well done clone featuring some amusing characters it, it it i hate this phrase but it is what it is it's yep. not a horrible game it's no. not a great game it's it's a solidly average title hey for a pd game i think i'd give it a thumbs up yeah i'll be honest yeah. with you i thought it was, if this was a, a or a budget title i'd even mm-hmm. give it a thumbs up it's 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 nothing more nothing more did we get any discords on this one boatster we did we got a couple reviews in the old discord um Let's see. We'll start with Chris Folds again. He says, I was actually looking forward to this. I love me some Daily Thompsons, and I love the Mr. Min books. A match made in heaven, I thought. Shame it was made in the gates of hell. A dull, uninspired, and badly executed waggle and field game. Two out of ten. Double twos for Chris this week. Frodo and L writes, I never tried playing this, but I found it so bad I gave up after ten minutes. Very boring and badly executed. Two out of ten. Pixels of Dawn writes, Waggle Fests were common in Amiga PD, and this game is no exception. I didn't expect much, and I didn't get much in return. It actually starts off okay. The graphics are half-decent representations of the Roger Hargraves characters. Mr. Rush and Mr. Strong's events are pretty fun, the latter being my favorite. And Mr. Nosy's Pole Vault made me laugh. Unfortunately, Mr. Dizzy and Mr. Tickle's events employ canned animations for the action, which really disconnects you from the game. Again, I think some people didn't realize that you could flap Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Stick. Yeah, there. that's good, but yeah. you're probably right. And that's about it. Once you've played through the events, there's not much reason to replay. The sounds are pretty ear-piercing, too. Okay, but not one to return to. Three out of ten. So uh, not not much love for uh, I mean, either of the games this I week. I think we like both these games more than pretty much anyone else. I agree. I you know, agree. I, here we, this is going to sound sad. I'm just like, glad we didn't have to play another Julian Golub game this week. Yeah. Jeez. Please. Listen, we set the bar real low on the public domainia. Because we and and almost always, well, almost always, I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, yeah. And these games both had panache and style. The Star Trek game had some deep detail, mm-hmm. and so there, there, there's potential in that one. And this one, the other one, just for, is what it is, Mister. Like you said, Mister Man, fun, a, little, a light fun romp, right? Boat, if you will. I'd play this one during Computer Club with a couple cold ones. Abs- absolutely, but I agree with you on that one, my friend. Very good. So there All you right. go. Well, let's uh, cycle back to some uh, community updates this week, Aaron. Uh, We have our high score challenge going on. uh, New, fresh, hot off the presses high score challenge for our Amiga high score challenge. Uh, Outrun is the game. Uh, Outrun, not one of the better arcade ports for the Amiga. In fact, some may call it the worst. However, it is this uh, month's high score challenge. The close date is the 20th of November, so get your scores in early. This just was released today, so we have no scores to speak of so far this week, but uh, I know I will be submitting a score. Uh, I'll be submitting. Uh, o- <laughs> over on our <laughs> over on our Specky High Score page, um, we have uh, Rampage, of course, is the challenge, and this thing closes quickly, just in a couple weeks. 
We have uh, a, a wide field of contention. Nine entries so far. D-Man holding strong with a score of 78,380. Steve Rasmussen in second and Z9K9 in third. I'm rounding out the bottom on this one, Aaron, with a pathetic score. Uh, I'm just not much good at Rampage, it seems like. You ought to get involved in this one, Aaron, because I know Rampage is your game. Did uh, How does this one stack up to the Coco one that you played, man? Uh, you know, it's they. This is one of these games that they what they did was they they drew the sprites very detailed, but there's color clash to beat the band, as you can imagine. So got to have color clash, though. Yeah, man. I would say that this is this is it's a pretty solid port. It's definitely better than the Nintendo port, and uh, of course, you know, nothing can beat the Coco port as far as home conversions. But the the, the uh this this one's pretty good, pretty good, very good, very good. All right, Aaron. Uh, oh, what, you know, I thought, I thought of one more thing. Sure, man. Uh, International Computer Club. I'm going to say it again. Uh, December 12th. Uh, if you are uh, if you are down with the clown, want to get your ICC on, we are getting back together, getting the band back together. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the Discord International Computer Club uh, area. Uh, if you're interested in providing a, a, a lecture, uh, showing a video, producing a video to be shown, literally anything. We'll do anything. I mean, we're down, Boat, to do anything. Uh, uh, shoot it over. Everyone's invited, and if you're in the Discord, uh, you are invited to get involved in the actual festivities. So uh, sign up I, today. Boat. I'm personally tickled that, you know, last International Computer Club, you fretted about the word presentation because you thought it sounded too intimidating. So you replaced it with lecture. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Listen, I was proven... Uh, maybe I was a little uh, uh, underestimating what would happen, but it, I was I was pleasantly surprised. We had a great we've time. Got some, we've got some good lectures out there too, but yeah, we so do. I, I think, I think it, people can make it go. All right, Aaron. We need to thank our Twitch subscribers. You know, back in the day, we used to stream this show live on Twitch. Yeah, it was a glorious time. It was. Uh, and we, we plan to return as soon as the internet allows us to. Uh, for some reason, here. if you are listening at home, which is all of you, or yes. on the road, wherever you listen, uh, we are somehow able to see each other clearly on Skype to record our audio through Zencaster and yep. to look things up on the internet. But for whatever reason, Twitch just doesn't want to play with us. Uh, we, it, 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 we, we, we can't figure it out. So We uh, can't stream. If, <laughs> That's yeah, what we're we, saying. We, we can't stream. So if you have any ideas on what we can check on to fix that, please let us know because we've tried everything we can think of and we just can't figure it out. I replaced the string and the two tin cans. Nothing yes, worked. Yes. So, but we do want to thank our uh, bevy of Twitch subscribers. Uh, you can support us through Twitch, either through Prime or through a traditional subscription. It helps us out a lot. We got Hamo One with us, Roshi MSX, Gary Heather, Tom Servo, 1970, oh, Evan yeah. Helland. Oh, you know about Tom Servo? Tom Servo, yeah, from Mr. Science Theater. Yeah, he's there. Um, he, uh, let's see, Z9K9, RMC Retro, Negsol, Frodo NL, Jigglebox, Uber Scooper Diver. Welcome back, Uber Scooper Diver. Uh, Mitsuyama, Johnny Renegade, David Zainaz, Eeyore4077, 48K Ram, Old B Sturgeon, Christian Russell, Amiga Live, The Slow Norris, Brock 101, Barkbit, Treyguard 82, Pints and Amiga, Hermsky, Zorglub 45, and Lamatsa. And uh, if you are a new Twitch subscriber, uh, you get uh, full access to our Discord server as well. So uh, send me a message, uh, john at amigospodcast.com, and I can send you the invite link for that. That is open to all of our Twitch subscribers. Aaron, uh, we have one more 
community update. There is a new channel on our Discord. Uh, there's a lot of folks that like to get together before we start recording on Fridays because it's late in the evening for the Europeans and get some Amiga Live on to sort yeah, of get them all that. primed and ready for the show. Yeah. Uh, Figgy CTZ is uh, he's running that show. We have a new channel, the Amiga Live Gaming Channel, uh, over on Discord. So uh, if you're interested in getting some Amiga Live on, uh, check that out. Uh, and Figgy will be providing you with some more details. Figgy CTZ. Very good. Last week, Aaron, our Patreon song challenge was Just Can't Get Enough by Depeche Mode. Okay. Do you know what Depeche Mode means, Aaron? What's it mean? It means fast fashion. Oh, okay. That's what Depeche Mode means. Uh, Pixels at Dawn got it. Barkbit got it. Frodo and L. Rob Flack O'Hara, Jigglebox, The Slow Norse, Mitsuyama, and Zorglub. Congratulations, guys. You're all winners. Good work picking that one out. If you know this week's Patreon Song Challenge, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com, and I'd be happy to announce you as a winner on next week's show. Heavy Systems Inc., Monday, Frag Lord 6620, Mark by Love Hermski Jonah, A.K. Simulant, Jeremy Jones, Ethan Little, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Calber Boy, Lane Denson, Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Bass, Roshi, Frodo, and L, Soul Incisor, Tech Mage Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorglub, Commodore Kid, Reflection, Simon Letch, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster, Manada, Tin, Mid, and Amiga, Retrocast, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim Drew, Simon, Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle, Edda, Rob O'Hara, Matthew, Laramore, Andy, Craig, Sean Zobach, Ben Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf Kellan, Alan Kebabchik, Cote Level Low, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stepford Sorgard, Morton Son, Evan Helen Blendo, 75, Christopher Hassel, Rabbi Abacris, Foles, Green Catcher, Laura Giroux, It's the Remix, Graham Vipke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro Vintage, Gary Hackersay, Brawl, Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tape from the Crypt, Josh Nan. Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Humberstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Wands, Pixels of Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. Wow. 
I thought I had it, and then you remixed it. No, I'm not well, so that was, sure. The, that was the remix. That's how oh, it goes. Oh, man. Can you demix that boat? Uh, that's that's what I do in post. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Aaron, next week, it's our Halloween show. If there's one thing you can count on, it's a Halloween show for the Let's Amigos. get another Elvira in, boat. <laughs> or a Fright Night. What it's we a got? shame that we wasted all the Elvira games on one episode. Yeah, we oh, could yeah. still be talking about them. <laughs> We're doing Blood Net, Aaron. I think you've covered this on ARG Presents, haven't you? Correct. Have you done Blood so Net? I, I, I have some knowledge of this one, Boat. Well, I, I, other than your and Brent's comments, I have little to no knowledge of Blood Net. This one is by uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky. He's suggested this to the AGSC. I'm looking forward to it, Aaron. The perfect and Halloween game, Boat. Hopefully, this time next week, we will be back large and in charge with the chat. We got nobody to thank in the chat because our stream is not working. Yeah, um, sorry, guys. But, uh, next week, hopefully for the Halloween spectacular, uh, we will have we will have some chat. We'll have some good time. So, guys, thanks as always for listening. We really appreciate it, and we will see you next week for Bloodnet. Until then, adios. adios.